welcome to the Winning Sometime Show, where Emiliano, Clint, and I share our joy and sometimes hatred of all things gaming, tech, and honestly, generally, we just don't stay on topic, but we try, and I feel like that is worth, I mean, something, right? Uh, speaking of trying, today we're going to talk about something that game developers, um, they've been trying for a while, uh, but they don't always get right. Now, what I'm talking about, open worlds. Uh, that's right, <clears throat> the ever-present open world game. There's a ton of them out there. Some of them are fantastic, uh, but there's definitely a few that miss the mark. So today, before we get too deep into like which open games we like, what we don't, don't like about them, what we do like about them, uh, let's make sure we're all on the same page. So Clint, you mind explaining to the audience what an open world game is? So an open world game is, I, I mean, I'm going to be super unscientific and super like unofficial with this answer but it's an it's Just a like game. the whole show <laughs> okay yeah exactly <laughs> but the an open world game is a game in which you are given the choice to go and do what you want on your own timeline wherever you want to do it whenever you want to do it so typically there's an overworld like you can go onto a map and you can go into different cities you can go uh like with Skyrim or, or Elder Scrolls games, you can just, you, oh, look, there's a mountain in the distance. I can go there. If I just start running in that direction, eventually I'm going to get there. You might find a cave to go into. You might find bandits, you know, whatever. Um, so it's a game that really lets you decide what you want to do, when you want to do it, and it fills the open world with things to do. Um, it's a little bit more difficult of a game to make, uh, because you can't control or you don't want to control by nature of the type of game what the player does. Uh, but there could be lots of story. There could be no story at all. You know, it's really up to what type of, you know, game it is. So that's an open world game. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Emiliano, uh, what's your thoughts on it? You, you agree with Clint and his definition, or you? Uh, <clears throat> no, this is a forum. Differ there a bit. <laughs> well, no, I mean yes. You know, for the the I do agree that you know that's like the classic definition of an open world game, um, and and it is very hard to to do something like that. You know, like let the player do what they want because most games are coded, and when you code, you have to put parameters. You have to you know you have to try to limit. You know, in order to 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 make, um, well, a good game, you know, or, or a game a that is completely or, or, or game that is completely broken, you know, because it's very hard, you know, to let a player do whatever they want, you know, because I mean, e even nowadays, like you play a game, and you have people, you know, going out of bounds or like going out of the map that you've created or that they've created, um, but anyway, open world games, yeah, I I, I, I agree. Too have played the, Destiny PvP. Um, Yes, uh, kind of kind of open map, you know, um, lets you kind of, for the most part, kind of do your own adventure. Um, although, you know, I, I kind of want to come back to that statement later um, as to which open world games I've enjoyed. So, but yes, uh, um, you know, op open world, choose your own thing um, and explore. Exploration is a big key to, for me, exploration is a big part yes. of that. Yes, so. yes, yes. And I would compare it to uh, linear games, which traditionally are more tailored experiences where you don't have control of where the character goes, what the character does. It's like 
it's like more of a cinematic experience. Like, you know, you sit in a movie theater and you're forced to experience whatever the director and, you know, the, the editing crew, whatever, all the people that made this movie, you're forced to experience it exactly how, like everyone experiences it the same way. So linear games are more like that tailored experience where there's not really much choice in how you experience the game, where you go, what you've done. Mm-hmm. Um, or like uh, a game on rails where it's like, no, you literally, like it's not even just buildings and scenes that you can walk around in, like, you know, as, as a video game, you usually can. It's like, no, you just, you're in the same exact positions that everyone else that plays the game is. Um and it's in contrast to that. So open world is complete. Like there's a whole degree of sep- like of, of control that you can have in a game. So open world is the openest. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I agree with like both y'all with points that y'all have made. Um, like, and I'm really glad you were just bringing up like the, um, like when your first statement, you kind of reemphasized there, Clint was like the player choice. Um, because to me, like, Y'all, y'all mentioned like, oh, there's an open map and you can go wherever and anything like that. Um, to me, the defining characteristic of an open world game is the player choice and allowing the player to make their own decisions. Um, like, you know, if there's a sign that says like, you know, toxic waste ahead, do not enter. And they're like, whatever, good, I can handle it. And they walk in there like they're just allowed to do that. Or whatever. So, like, to me, like, the player choice is, like, the defining characteristic. And then the way that's often done, the mechanic by which it's done, is by having the map in which they can go anywhere and things like that. Um, so, that that's, like, I agree with y'all. That is really cool that y'all, y'all brought that up. But, um, and, again, kind of interesting that, like, I'm like, oh, yeah, maps are cool. But, like, I'm all about the player choice. Me, the RPG player, is like, yes, I want player choice. Yeah. So, crazy, unexpected. So, to kick it off, I kind of want to start with a question. So rather than us go through like our favorite open, well, mm-hmm. that's actually my question. Uh, no, it's not. I'm sorry. I'm getting <laughs> wires crossed. My question is, are open world games good? They can if be. If that is not a loaded question, yeah. I don't know what is. <laughs> I mean, yes, um, they can be. I feel like open world games take more investment than like a non-open world game, you know, or a more linear game um, where you have to invest more time in the exploration and you actually kind of being in that open world. Um, um, so like, you know, if you don't have that time, mm-hmm. then they, it might not, you know, click with you. Um, but yes, I mean, you know, I, I feel like I've played bad open world games that are more like chores than actual exploration. Um, and then I've played great open world games that you feel like a sense of like wonderment and like, you know, uh, wow at what you're doing, what you're experiencing. Mm-hmm. So um, I, yes, there are, I, they are good. They can be good. They can also be crap. So I don't know, Matt, what do you think? No, I, I'm, I'm a hundred percent with you there, Emiliano. Like, um, it's i mean it's just like any game um the at its core open world games and this is i'm probably going to contradict this like a dozen times before we're over <laughs> we're done with this episode but <clears throat> the idea 
of an open world game like is probably my favorite genre Mm. that being said there are some complete and utter trash open world games Mm -hmm. like there's some really bad ones out there and in my opinion most at least triple a like you know i can't there's a a bazillion indie games out there that i'm never going to have time to play and things that but like the triple a games that i've played um it's a coin toss like it's 50 50 whether or not an open world game is going to be good or not uh, because there's a lot of them that have just been really bad and there's some of them that have really uh been really good and Honestly, now that I think about it, probably I would say some. Sometimes it's the indie developers that do open world games a lot better than like the AAA games, um, and that's probably like a completely different conversation that we don't yeah. want to get into. But right, um, yeah, maybe another podcast episode. <laughs> well, well, so here's here's something that I was thinking about. Like, and, and Clint, you your your definition is kind of having us be thinking. I mean like how many of a game that i consider open world is actually not really open world or maybe at least not open world at the beginning because mm-hmm. a lot of these games kind of funnel you through maybe like a, the intro level or they have mechanics in place where you're like too low level that you can't go to certain areas because you're going to die like right away mm-hmm. you know so i mean so is that a true open world game because you you have the choice but then again, you really don't, you know, because you, mm. you have to go through certain steps before you can get well, to here. So oh, I will. Go ahead, Matt. Uh, sorry. Um, <clears throat> I will address that real quick. And I'll say it depends on how they are funneling you, whether or not you want to um, call that an open world game. Uh, if it if they're doing it with the illusion of choice, where it's one of those things where it's like, oh, well. I can, um, you know, I can be nice to this guy or I can kill him, but they both end up having the same outcome. That's like the illusion of choice, right? Or if they're like, oh, well, you can go this way and you just have to like go through that door, but the door is locked. That mm-hmm. you, you tried to go that way, but it's the illusion of choice, right? If they're, if they're doing it by just basically saying, oh, this is going to be really hard if you go this way. I still say that's a very open world game because if you are going to be all and try hard on it and things like that, you can probably take the hard route and still get there. Will it take you like 20 times as long? Yeah, probably. But, you know, if you want to beat your head against that wall and try and take just like the um, <clears throat> the super hard route with all the overpowered enemies and things like that and you want to plink away at them for 20 hours... That's your choice, and you can still probably complete the game that way. I have two examples that are in my liked column, and you know that games I thought about. That's how you played them, wasn't it? What's that? I did. (laughs) How did you know? I I knew it. I knew it. (laughs) So FF fifteen, Final Fantasy fifteen, is one of those games, uh, and I think I did a video and I talked a little bit about it, where it's like, it is truly open world but they don't just make it like a flat experience. There are definitely places that are harder and at night the monsters get stronger and you, you like you have mechanics to play the game and you may have very little HP and they may, you know, three shot you like three hits and you're dead. Um, but if you want, you can totally set out, start driving your car, go down, down the road in the middle of the night (laughs) and still get, go to those areas. And that to me, like that choice is so freeing uh 
especially there was one quest and i forget exactly what the parameters of the quest was in ff15 um parameters were it was uh it was like the chimera it's like the 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 leopard enemies with the little like tentacles not tentacles the antenna with the flashy anyway um you get a certain item from them and you can use that to create really powerful magic and uh at my level like level 10 or 15 like it was really low that was like out of reach but that magic was still powerful if i if i used those items to craft it so it's like i was grinding these things just so i would have this super overpowered magic way early in the game it was like flare or something does 99,000 damage and most of the things i was kill like bosses had like 80,000 so i could one hit bosses if i grinded this out but they totally gave me the choice they were hard and i was reviving myself you know because you have four four people in your party so i was switching back and forth like it was like every millisecond mattered in order to actually kill these monsters that they i should not by all rights be able to kill at my level but they gave you the option and they didn't make it like one one hit kills like if everything in the game everywhere you go that's not the way you're supposed to go can one hit you and you die that's artificial like they they made it they actually developed a system mechanics and a world of you know of fully developed enemies that made it actually possible to sort of fudge the system or like get around like if you put your head together I, I don't know how you put one head together but if you really think about it you could excel in that system and and find little fun ways to to succeed and then man that was so good the other game and i'll try and <laughs> talk less about it but um or be more brief breath of the wild legend of zelda breath of the wild um wait is that one i think i lost you know it Oh, oh, yes, it, it, yes. It is. You can, it is. You can beat the game. Yes. In like an hour, if you want it. Yes. You yes. can wake up as Link, and go straight to Ganon, and just say, "Hey, B, fight me." <laughs> well, well, you can't because don't you have to get the glider first to get off of the plateau, or can you get off? You can do that pretty quick. You can do that pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. But, but, so... but, but there's still there's oh, sorry spoilers. There's still. Uh, very very little game. spoilers. If you yeah. are annoyed, well, I'm I don't want to be ungracious, but if you are annoyed by Legend of Zelda, Link fights Ganon being a spoiler. <laughs> well, no, I meant the glider. I was thinking the glider. Oh, the glider. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's very very I mean, light. I mean, yeah. Still, if you, I apologize to anyone that this is their first episode listening to us, but we're gonna we spoil stuff all the we time. Try, so we like, try to we try not to. This one is a four four year old game. There's plenty of people playthroughs on YouTube. Um, you get a glider, you use it all game. So it's it's. I spent at least 150 hours in, in Breath of the Wild. So, uh, I've I've um, started yeah, and we can... started that game like five or six separate times because my kids keep playing my account and oh, keep no. messing everything up for me. And I'm like, you have your own accounts. Let me play oh, this game. I'm sorry. So. I've enjoyed it, what I've played of it, but I haven't finished it. So, and I want to, but yes, I know you can get to Ganon without skipping everything. Straight shot, straight shot. Just go straight to Ganon, and it, you're. It takes so long because you have three hearts, and 
crappy weapons, but if you just spend a little bit of time preparing, you can go straight there and fight cannon. And that's like, wow. Yeah. That's uncanny. I mean, there's ab- that game is absolutely worth spending a heck of a lot more time in. Uh, and I can talk about that a little bit soon. But um, yeah, I, I absolutely love games that have that sense of like absolute choice like you can do anything you want however you want and there's this bright world out there systems and narrative to engage in you just got to go look you just got to go look for it like, I, I love i'm wondering games. like i'm wondering like because because the games that i've kind of marked down as my open world games i'm thinking like i don't think you can do that i think you need to progress kind of how they want you pro- to progress in order to like explore the world you know so are um, they really open? Maybe they're open world light, you know, like rogue lights. Right. <laughs> maybe they're open world light, you know. Soft open world. They they, they mm-hmm. have the elements of open mm-hmm. world, but they're not true. Well, that's open none of my world. business. So, um yeah, cuz like, you know, like like uh, um Yeah, I'm just trying, I'm looking at my at my at my list here. Well, maybe my surprise mention uh, that yeah, so is a got. true open world. So my surprise, I, I, I mentioned this before to the guys that I had like one surprise game that I don't know if it, I don't know if you would, if you would call it a game, but my surprise open world game that I feel meets all that criteria is Pokemon go. Mm. You have, you have your map. You can go anywhere you want on the map and there are the raids that you can fight. You can try to fight them solo. You can also gather up with people to fight against them. And, you know, um, I feel like, although there, there isn't really like an end game, there, there, there are many bosses with like the Team Rocket and stuff. There's no story. You got to catch them all. You got to catch them all. <laughs> that is the story. I don't think they want you to catch them all. They made several, like almost a trillion dollars last year. <laughs> well, but that's. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say that that's that's really interesting. Until you said it, I would have never considered Pokemon Go an open world game. But now that I think about it, I'm like, you cannot have a more open world game than like an augmented reality game where you do whatever the fuck you want. And just like the only thing is like, just catch these Pokemon, yeah. like fight them against each other. And that's like, that's the game. Like I was like, that is like the most open world you can, you can possibly get. And I, I know we've talked about it before, you know, but it, it it has all those social elements, which I, you know, which I really enjoy also. So, mm-hmm. and, and Clint's mentioned that too in some, some of the, po- the past, past podcasts about, haven't you? Or, or was that off, yeah. off? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's my surprise mention Pokemon go. Cause wow. I'm biking around sweating, getting to my, getting to my locations, you know? So, yeah. Well, my first reaction to that is no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> but it, that, at the core of it, I want to argue against this yeah. so badly too. Like at, I want to tell Ronan he's wrong. At the core of it, it may not have a story, which you know for me it, that, that's a problem because uh, story is one of my most yeah important things about games. But I love Minecraft, so there's a contradiction already, uh, which I'm going to talk about. Um, it exposes the video game mechanics expose you to the real world like part of the real world is a part of the mechanics so that 
you have the choice to go anywhere. I mean, people make bad choices about where they go. They go yes, to like there cemeteries and trespassing on private property. And, Somebody yeah. got shot or something because they were like, oh, I, I forget where. <laughs> really? It, it, oh yeah. I mean, people were like climbing on tops of buildings and like uh, it It was such like be smart. It's an it's an augmented reality game. But walk on the sidewalk. Don't. <laughs> Don't play it in class. Don't just like anything with your phone. Don't don't be playing it while you're driving. Well, uh, yesterday, me and the family went up to Joshua Tree, about an hour drive up, you know, in the mountains. Took a campsite to visit a one one of my wife's cousins who was visiting, and hmm. there was there, there was a there was a gym in the campsite. So I'm here in the wilderness, surrounded by you know nature, and I'm playing Pokemon Go, and it was great. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, I was gonna say. Like part of Pokemon Go for me, because it's absolutely social. And I know we've talked about this, but I don't play Pokemon. Like during this last pandemic year, I have not played Pokemon Go like barely three or four hours for the whole year. You know, since, since well, from now, whole, whole year. Um, because for me, it's about hanging out with some of my friends. Like I have this core group uh, from college. It's like a, a two of my friends who are twins and then some of their buddies and we're just we're the squad we go downtown you know we we see regulars and you know those are the the other like sometimes we fight them most of the time we're fighting together in raids because that's what we go out for raid days and and community raid. days and tuesday it's like nights raid hour or no yeah it was tuesday nights or wednesday nights wednesday nights yeah wednesday, wednesday nights, nights at 7 p.m i think or 6 p.m yeah. 6 to 7 uh, yeah yeah and uh, on community days, like, you know, a certain special Pokemon comes out and there's lots more chance for it to be shiny. So, like, we're walking around and we see all these regulars and it's like, oh, hey, you know, we know each other by our usernames because you can friend people. And the more you friend them, the more experience you get, the higher level you get, like the whole grind. And uh, so, like, <laughs> hey, how many shinies you get? Oh, I'm up to 13. Oh, my gosh, that's so much. Or I'm <laughs> I'm winning today. I've got 17 shinies. And it's like this the sense of community. Uh, and there's a discord that i'm in for my city and I, so like I, I joined my city's discord too yeah Pokemon excellent <laughs> it's so fun it's okay, so wait, fun wait, to like, wait wait we're 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 getting off topic here. we are topic. we are no, but so no point, this is this is this is great my but, point but, but, is okay go, go ahead go ahead go ahead you're sort of creating your own stories at that point yeah because the the people that you meet the trainers that you meet it's kind of corny the other but, trainers yes and you know the groups that you you play with and and you are always cheering at least i'm always cheering people on when we're doing a raid day and yeah. it's some really strong um coveted legendary right. pokemon and mm -hmm. you know two people over there in that group there's 20 people at this pokestop or this gym <laughs> looking at our phones all fighting this legendary pokemon oh, furiously, two them tapping. Got... furiously yes, tapping furiously tapping to catch to to catch that or uh, fight that legendary and two people over there by the by the stop sign got got a, a shiny and it's like oh my gosh it's so awesome you bastard i wanted a shiny yep. <laughs> great job and you know if you're friends with them you can trade with them <clears throat> like i don't know it's 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 it is an open world game and that's like that is a, and, such a surprise and like all the mechanics that are in place in it facilitate your enjoyment of the game like i um i feel like there isn't well, a thing so. that i don't like about it really yeah. Um, I mean, there, there is a monetization portion of it, 
but you know you can get coins daily from a, from gems and stuff that you can use to purchase passes or any items you might need um so yeah interesting that's my, that's my all right so is so uh pinnacle open world gaming pokemon go pokemon that's go. our show y'all have a nice time <laughs> no, 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 no. so <laughs> no. so my question was are open world games good and what i heard from both of you is yes they can be or yes asterisk so what are your best examples of why open world games are good i would like to field this one to begin with because there is a series that i feel encapsulates everything that is right with open world games and also everything that is wrong Uh with open world games (laughs) monster hunter one series how dare you how dare (laughs) you no it's not monster hunter i love monster hunter um but the fallout series oh so um the fallout series um most people got introduced to fallout with like fallout 3 that was like the first like bethesda one that was probably the uh that's like where it became a first person shooter and everything like that that's kind of what we think of when we think of fallout uh the first couple of fallouts were like a third person isometric kind of view um they involved a lot of player choice like so And I know it's kind of like, I don't know what the word would be, like cool to rag on Bethesda at this point. Um, Apropos. But the first two, which were not Bethesda, they had a ton of player choice. And one of the things that I absolutely love is your actions had consequences. If you like aligned with like, if you decided like, oh, there's a super mutant over there. Let me see if I can talk to him instead of just immediately trying to kill him you know, some of them, like, were intelligent, and you could meet them and meet, like, the society of super mutants and all sorts of stuff. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, that would have consequences on how you faced the final boss. Um, a great example of this is New Vegas, which, again, spoilers for, like, a 10-year-old game or whatever. There's certain factions in New Vegas, and if you eliminate factions before you get to the end of the game or if you, like, ally with them, your final fight... For on like Hoover Dam or whatever, you have different allies show up and things like that at that fight, and so it hugely affects the outcome. Your your decisions really have choices, or your choices really have like weight, and they make a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard it's like Mass Effect does the same thing, but I never played those games. Mm. So Fallout, the Fallout series, does a ton of good things, but they also do some trash things. Namely, in Fallout 76, where they literally just created a world, and that was it. And they just, like, threw players in it. There was, like, you know, no NPCs. There was just a bunch of mechanics. And it was, like, um, effectively a sandbox game with not enough sand. So you yeah. just kind of, you know, you, you could only do a very limited number of things, and we're not even going to get into the technical bugs and things like that. So, um for me, like I talked about at the beginning, the player choice, the consequences of your actions and things like that, I absolutely love that. And I think the early Fallout games uh, do a great job of that. New Vegas does a great job of that. Um, Fallout 3 is a little more on rails. Um, I like Fallout 3, don't get me wrong. But it's a little more on rails. Um, but then there's also like the horrible aspects, which a lot of open world games get blamed for, where you create this beautiful world 
with nothing to do in it. And that is like terrible. Like that's, mm -hmm. that's awful. <clears throat> um, and I think probably going off what like uh, Emiliano was saying earlier, there's probably that sweet spot of having a ton of things that have consequence and you make your choices matter and having like this elaborate story with every character and everything like that. And then things like Pokemon go where it's like catch Pokemon and that's your story. There's probably this like no man's land somewhere in between that like fallout 76 falls into where there's like a story you're coming out of the vault or whatever. And they give you like this cool intro, but then they never flesh it out. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of open world games bad where they have, just enough story to make it interesting, but not enough to do anything with. And that, now that I think about it, that's probably what drives me nuts about a lot of open world games. We're like, man, this could have been so cool if like you had fleshed this out at all. So yeah. in, in my opinion, if you just look at the Fallout series as a whole, excellent things about RPGs are in it, and uh, open world RPGs, whatever. Uh, and terrible things about RPGs are in it, depending on which game you look at. Um, but that, that's that's just me. Yeah. I do want to step in in defense of Fallout 3, not Fallout 76, because I will not defend that. Although I, I, uh, I've heard it's gotten better. 76. I've heard it's gotten better, too. I they added it. NPCs. Could it get worse? Right. I don't know. No, it could not. They had like 10 different... <laughs> <laughs> ten, 10 different enemies and it was terrible it was terrible uh they had base building but it was so grindy um no fallout 3 sort of brings me to a another description of types of open world games which is that hybrid we we're talking about where it's it's like there's a line between there's a there's a extreme of linear games which are you don't make any choices about what you do and you just experience it how everyone else experiences it and then there's complete open world which i would argue something like minecraft where they have systems and content like they have stuff in there but no story you decide everything that you want to do um fallout 3 is somewhere in the middle maybe i mean where it lies in the middle is arguable um i I personally really enjoy games like Fallout 3, where Fallout 3 is the type the type of open world game that has stories that everyone will experience if they choose to. So like that's where the line is drawn. It's like the main story, there may be some like New Vegas, Fallout New Vegas with the dam and what factions show up. It's not a huge impact on the game. It's not like if you kill this person or this person runs away, then you'll never experience that part of the game. And it's sort of like every choice is butterfly effect into a completely different game. That's like an impossible and technically impossible yeah. game to make, at least at current resources and technology. Um, but you can't like there are side quests. And this is why I love the Fallout games is because um, the utter control of what you can what you want to do and where you go and the things you explore at like fallout three just a cliff notes of what it is it is a post-apocalyptic game uh it's an alternate universe so after the 50s uh that's when the timeline diverges from real life so 
uh, nuclear war did end up happening. Uh, what was it? Transistors were never created, so they're the age of technology or the the computer age never happened. Um, but well, it, it didn't happen until like the 2020s or something like that. And so all the technology is based off of tubes, and you um, like there was an entire industry around selling access to or selling spots in fallout shelters for when nuclear war actually happened. So the the whole thing is nuclear war did happen and you are a survivor from one of these giant fallout shelters or literally, you know, freaking skyscrapers underground. And there's communities and, you know, it's generations of people that live underground after the war. Um, I don't want to go too into it because I talk forever because <laughs> I, love, I love the lore and the story of that game, of that world. But... Um, once you get out, like you, you there, it's it's kind of Fallout Three at least is famous for that. You know, open the Fallout shelter is this big giant vault door that pulls out of the the wall and turns over to let you out. You're the first person to leave, at least that you think, in in hundreds of years, and you go out and it's this barren wasteland of things where, you know, no green, you know, no. Okay, I'm I'm like going way too too into the weeds but um the stories the side quests and the things that you can just either play or not play depending on the choices that you make that's the part where i think it is a true open world it's not a pure open world game um but i think it strikes a good a good balance um it's like these these heavily curated experiences you meet this character and how you talk to them depends you know will determine whether or not they become a companion or whether or not they try and kill you or, you know, if they just leave or they tell you your story or they clam up and say, you know what, screw you. I don't know who you are. Like it, it, add, it makes the world feel alive. Uh, and so it, it incentivizes me to go over the next hill or go over to the next town. It's like, what's in this town? What's in, Who could I meet next? And it's like, that to me is like that is so excellent like i i just remember i have this this pet or what's it called crystallized memory of i'm i'm in the dc washington dc metro mm-hmm. tunnels and i go in and i'm just literally opening up all the boxes because that game's really bad about collecting items <laughs> and you just have this giant inventory of knickknacks and crafting materials and crap <laughs> so I'm like opening up all the boxes and I find this briefcase next to a skeleton you know when the bombs fell the skeleton's been there forever you know since and I read this note in this briefcase it's like a letter and it's a DC congressman who like didn't make it to the shelter and they were like got stuck because the metro closed down like the the rail the rail cars uh or the subway cars stopped working and so they were stuck in there and they just kind of recorded the last moments and that's like I never would have found this if I wasn't in this subway, you know, breaking up skeletons looking for loot. <laughs> so, and and I don't want to get into a huge discussion about the Fallout series because I could talk, I could literally talk about this for probably hours. <laughs> yeah, what you just described there to me is one of the failings of Fallout Three. I really, really like Fallout Three. However. I am not a completionist like you. 
I am sure. not going to op open each and everything. And so there's so many things in Fallout 3 that you can tell people spent a ton of time, developers spent a lot of effort into, that just get tucked away in a briefcase next to a skeleton with nothing guiding you there. You literally just have to wander through barren wasteland for so much time to find these little divots, and they're awesome. Like, uh, probably one of the biggest ones, I think, <clears throat> did you play the Oasis quest with, like, the tree, like the living tree, the talking yep. tree? Yeah, I did. How did you find it? I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, because you had to wander for like there's no mention of it anywhere else in the game there's nothing guiding you there you wander through the uh freaking wasteland for an hour and then you just might stumble upon it like you sure. turn walk around a rock and you're like wait a second why is this why is there like a marker over there I, why can i speak to this person fallout 3 is a, I, I like fallout 3 again i like fallout 3 i know i'm talking crap about it <laughs> but it has so much good stuff in it like so much like oh you've got choice you can blow up megaton for crying out loud right you got so many little choices here and there but then there's so much of the game that's just kind of tacked in there and like kind of again not as bad as fallout 76 but it's just like scattered throughout there and you'll never see it because there's no reason why would I just like I'm not gonna like make a 10 by 10 grid or whatever just go back and forth across the map sure um and so, so from yeah, that that's, oh, go ahead. that's my problem with it. So you, for you, there's like you know there could be good stuff in there, like you know the sweet sweet narrative, <laughs> whether it's a micro narrative or main narrative. But there's a lot of stuff in between you and those that sweet nectar, and you 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 don't like how much stuff is in between, like the fact that you would have to wander. I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna disagree. Um, because I did have a lot of time when I played that game for the first time. And if you don't have a lot of time, you might have this competing desire to see what's over the next hill and see what's over in the next town or go to the edge of the map. Because I totally did that. I, I went to the edge of the map and they have, you know, the the dark... I don't remember if this was in Fallout. Oh, with Fallout, you, you just discover things and there are points of interest in the map. So I would go around the edges of the map to find all the points of interest, and then I'd work my way around, discovering everything, and eventually, hopefully, getting the whole map like all filled out, which is so time-intensive. But for me, that was worth it. Because like the stories that I find and the things that I find, the cool weapons that I'd find, the unique, the legendary weapons, basically, that you'd find... Um, it's like, how did you get that flamethrower? There's no flamethrowers in Fallout. It's like, oh, well, they're it. There's no flamethrowers in Fallout. But let's just say there was an item that was a flamethrower. And it's like, oh, there's only one of these in the entire map. And you have to go through here, talk to this kid who leads you to this mutant camp. you know. And they're like five people who are just like completely unknown to the world. And uh, you challenge the top guy to a, a fist fight and you win it off of him. And it's like, that's totally See, worth it for me to go out there and do that but i totally understand if you don't have the time this is where open well, world games kind of bad fails game you. design like to me if that's the only way to discover it is like in when you have time i encourage you look up a map of fallout 3 with all the points of interest marked on it and look how much empty space there is like how much just nothingness there is in the upper left hand of that map um and so to me no no he's got a map <laughs> He's, He's probably got, map. like, a 3D printout <laughs> of, like, you know, DC. 
Remember these? Oh my gosh. Nice. These uh, for those are called, on audio only. Yeah, the, uh, for Clint audio, I'm holding up his the, like Fallout Three handbook. The strategy guide for Fallout Three, and it comes with a map. And maybe this is, I mean, this is this is kind of a retro thing too. It's like strategy guides are dead because of the internet, uh, yep. and you know, booklets in cartridge games are dead. Oh, I don't have the map. I think it's actually framed somewhere because I framed it and put it up on my wall while I was playing the game. Because I want, I was like, "Oh, what's this city? I'm gonna go there." <laughs> so, I, I understand. Like, I'm not gonna try and change your mind if you think it's bad game design. For me, though, I understand how it's not accessible game design. But for me, I that's probably I love a really it. good way of saying it. Yeah, and 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 honestly, there are games not in the open world genre, but there are games that are not accessible to me because I like Dark Souls. Dark Souls is one of those games which we don't have to go into because we're actually we need to move on with this episode. But, <laughs> um, Dark Souls is one of those games where the difficulty curve is not worth it to me. I do not like repetition and you absolutely have to repeat the same things over and over again when you die because you will die because that's what that game is about. It's about dying. Not if you're good <laughs> like Monster Hunter. I'm just saying. Anyway. I'm going to ignore that. <laughs> so we have definitely beaten probably Pokemon Go and Fallout into the ground a little bit here. Yeah, um, yeah. Like, in all honesty, like, I don't know. I may just, like, get – we may just set up, like, a debate with Emiliano moderating it where, like, Fallout 3 is bad. Fallout yeah. 3 is good. No. <clears throat> but um, – I'll, I'll win that, so we'll we'll we'll, we'll delay that for now. Um, <laughs> like, he, I've just spent way too much time thinking about the Fallout games. That's the real no for sure. Here. That's the issue. Um, <clears throat> but anyways, so we've been arguing about that, and I know you've got some commentary on what we're talking about, uh, Rodan. So, what are your thoughts on like what is make like what makes what you're liking world. about open world or not liking? Well, like uh, like uh, kind of said, you know, a true open world is player's choice basically um and games try to facilitate that you know and i think like zelda is a good example i think zelda is a great example for open world game because it does give you that player choice but it also kind of guides you you know which zelda uh uh, breath of the wild sorry oh okay okay um because there are there are zelda games that are not open world and they yeah yeah but 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 um you know and and I think my issue, like, I don't think I can do true open world games anymore because uh, mm-hmm. of time issues. Like, you know, I, sure. I played Fallout 3, I started it, and I just never finished it, you know. Um, and I think part of it is, is that indecision of like, oh, what should I do now? I don't know because I don't want to miss anything or I don't want to mess up future, you know, choices and stuff. So... um you know, I, I, I think for me nowadays, I need something, you know, I, I like the open, the maps and exploration um, and a story that's told through the environment, I, I think is amazing. Like, you know, Horizon Zero Dawn tells an amazing story through the environment. Mm. You know, the environment is so well done. Um, another example, Division. That story that it told of like the outbreak, like in New York and even in Washington, D.C., just the, the tale that the city tells is amazing. You know, um, and 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 then the, and then like all the side stories that they have in both of those, Horizon Zero Dawn also, as well as Division. As, I'm using those as examples, you know. Mm-hmm. 
Um, although I wouldn't consider Division like a true open world game because it has a lot of roadblocks before you can move on like to the next area. You have to like clear certain things in this area. Like literal roadblocks. Yes, before this area opens up and you can't go here yet because you have to do this first kind of thing. So um, I, I, and it seems like more, the games that I like are more of like the curated kind of games that kind of guide you. Um, I just feel like maybe maybe because I'm old, you know, if I have too much choice, I get frozen with indecision, mm. you know, like um, Elder Scrolls Oblivion. I played that on the 360 and that's kind of similar to Fallout because you start off in the dungeon and you come out of the sewers and you come out, you know, and then there's a, and there's like a city nearby. And I came out and I started going around and I was just like, I, I don't know. It was just it was just like I didn't know what to do and I don't want to look up stuff. And, you know, I felt like there was no like um guide guideposts tell me kind of what where to go next um and, and that's why i never tried elder, elder scrolls um the one that's skyrim. released skyrim yeah because you know i i don't know um i feel like the time wise i i can't do trooper trooper world minecraft also i i tried playing that for a bit and it's just it's like you know they're the the finding the finding the recipes and the ingredients like i have to, I have to, look, I have to look up Oh, how do you do this? How do you do that? And I'm like, I, I want to play the game. I don't, you know, I don't want to have to like figure that kind of stuff out. Mm. So, um, um, yeah, so, I, I, I go. Sorry. Well, no, it, just a, a question, kind of tangenting off of that. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I am terrible at identifying like genres and things like that. So you're saying you're more into kind of like, um, the rpg where you're kind of like you can you have like instead of having an open world you kind of have like a hallway you can kind of go down so you don't have to go down the hallway straight necessarily but you've got like boundaries like you've got like the bumpers on the side of the bowling alley so you can't get too far off course is that kind of what you're saying like that's what more what you're looking for no i mean because you know like like i like the exploration aspects um like Horizon Zero Dawn has some nice stories on the on the edges and stuff. Um, another one that I really like is Genshin Impact, and that mm. that also has like stuff you can discover. I am shocked. Right. Genshin Impact's a great game. I love playing it on my on my phone. You know, I I'm on another Discord with some other guys or or people. I don't know who they are, but we play Genshin Impact, and we have a good time. You know. Um, yeah, I, 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 I feel like I, I'm more an open world light because I don't have the time to devote to true open world, you mm -hmm. know. Um, so I didn't play enough Geshen Impact. Like, how open is is that world, like, realistically? Well, I mean, it, it has the overarching map, and there are points on it that you can travel to and do things around. Um, and they have events, you know, because it, it's, it's a live service game. So there's events, and they, they use different parts of the map for that all that stuff. Um, but you know, you can go on the map, you can go anywhere, like up, up, down, you know, under in some instances. Um, mm. but like the map isn't super huge. Um, so, and, and, and they're caught they're, they're, they have plans to add more to it. So, um, but, uh, I don't know, like, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, that's a pretty sizable map. But again, I feel like that kind of shuffles you a little bit you know, in the beginning, kind of two areas. 
before kind of before it opens up into the big like third area where like everything kind of the the rest of the story happens you know and um uh i like the kind of more guided experience a little bit because you 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 uh, learn the mechanics and and zelda has a little bit of that also where you learn the mechanics it shows you kind of the way of the world and then it kind of sets you free to go explore or do whatever mm-hmm. so like you know like uh, minecraft doesn't have that and i'm like i i don't know what to do um i think that, fallout that's Fa- very true yeah fallout 3 i ran into a little bit of that also you know where like I had markers and I could, I could go talk to whoever I wanted to. I could go do whatever I wanted to. I could go shoot whoever I wanted to. And I was kind of like, you know, where's the story? Where's the, you know, like uh, Horizon Zero Dawn has an amazing story. I, I don't know if you haven't, if you haven't seen that one, you know, that, that story is great. Voice acting is great. The action is great. Um, Division also, the story, the story it tells is amazing, especially um, and maybe not the main story so much, but all the side stories, they have like holographic things you can interact with and, and the, the stories, you know, the, there's audio logs you can listen we're to. We're talking division one, right? <clears throat> yeah. Even division two has that as well. Although I think division one did it much better, you know? So, um, I feel like I'm rambling here, but, um, so I, I guess what it comes down to for me is, you know, the environment telling the story, um, and the story, you know, and then kind of having a story that you're going through as well mm-hmm. um, as part of it. Like, you know, the, the Breath of the Wild story, the what I played of it, I, I thoroughly enjoyed. You know, waking up after 100 years because you couldn't defeat Ganon back then. And now you're going forward to try to defeat him and, you know, gather your items and stuff. I mean, that's that's great. You know, it's it's uh, it's like, you know, the the My Hero Academia thing, you know, or, or, or uh, Black Clover, where you have the protagonist that like no one knows or no one likes rising up, you know? Mm. So I, I like that kind of story. You know, I, I think, yeah, Horizon Zero Dawn kind of does, does a similar thing too, where, you know, no one likes Alloy, you know, she's kind of on the fringe with her dad. Who's, who's her dad, her guardian. Um, yeah. Her guardian, you know? Um, so I, I don't know. I, um, I, I guess, you know, and, and maybe it, it, it's also with with any game too, but I feel like I need that good story to kind of hook me. And if 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 it's not there for me, then you know if I have to go find it, I have a harder time with that. Mm-hmm. So, um, and and I agree with you on that. And I think we're more similar on that point. Um, I don't I like I don't need it necessarily like curated. I don't necessarily need like you know like mission one, mission two, mission three yeah, sort no. of stuff. But like some sort but of like. like like okay, yeah. you got yeah. this, you got this, and you got this or that, you know. Mm. <clears throat> and and that's um, like the the reason, and not to like rehash Fallout Three, but the reason I bring up like the Oasis mission in Fallout Three is because I think that is one of the best missions in that game, or what quest, whatever you want to call it, um, events like that you end up doing because like there's some like really difficult choices in there. Like it comes down to like this guy wants you basically to kill him and you've got to decide, do I kill him because he's in pain or do I let him live because other people like depend on him and things like that. And you like, it's a, it's an incredibly well-crafted experience, but you have to hunt for it. And so for me, I, I don't, that's not, that's not cool. I don't, I don't have hundreds of hours to hunt for story. And so I'm, I'm much more similar to to that 
to your perspective on that, Ronan, uh, than necessarily of Clint. Yeah. Um, and well, not that Clint's way, way of doing things is wrong. It's just much more time consuming. Right, it is. And and I will actually probably, I won't, again, I won't disagree with you that it's bad game design. Uh, it's certainly not accessible, but it might be a little bad game design because the way I, exp I, I, I remember the way I experienced the Oasis mission is that I had the map before I filled out the map in game, I had the map on my wall and I think I went there mm. and that's how I experienced it, which I had external implements to help, you know, augment the, the game. And if I ever got stuck on something, I had the strategy guide. Um, I used to be super hardcore about that when I was a kid, like, Oh no, I'm not going to use the guy. I wouldn't use game facts. I'm going to, I'm a good gamer. I'm going to go <laughs> experience everything on my own. I'm going to beat hundred percent the game and I'm God gamer. I'm good. No, it's like, who has that kind of time that all you're doing is, is crippling yourself in your enjoyment of the game. And that's really to give my two cents on our open world games. I am always looking for fun like that and, and, and exciting times. I'm looking for good story. I'm looking for sense of exploration and wonderment, and I'm looking for that exploration to be worth it. So if I have a game like fallout three or, you know, fable, or like, I've got a list here, like mass effect horizon zero dawn, Horizon zero dawn. I got to say is like, mm, that game is so good. So like so much story, so much rich story, and they the way they spread out Alloy's story over the world and how you're. I mean, it's it's definitely like totally a coming of age story for you know they, but they intertwine her backstory with what happens to the world. And for me, it's so good the world being post apocalyptic. Humans are back into you know tribal cave kind of technology caveman technology levels and then having these giant like mech life forms like the turtle electric turtles and all those kinds of things like all the wildlife is is mechanical the, the explanation You're, for the mechanical it's wildlife so good Mwah. it's so Mwah. good because you do it's, figure it out and, so and every moment of that game was worth it to me because you you get your answers you you ask what is over answers. that hill you find out what's mm. over that hill you, you you find what happened to this world you find out what happens to this world and it wasn't in if like it wasn't the way they wrote alloy's story kind of and if you empathize with characters especially you know since it's it's not like a faceless character you can't just insert yourself but if you do empathize like it, it the way they unravel her story makes you a part of what happened to the world and then you fix it sort of no spoilers yes to be continued because yeah they got they gotta do a part two with, they with, are with doing a part two yeah well did you play so the dlc i just, I, I bought it i never I played it though i did <sighs> it's I it's it's even better <laughs> oh no i gotta go load up my ps4 you gotta now play it you gotta play it damn it you gotta play it so wait wait, wait. Um, you, you know what i just realized What's that? The type of open world games that we as a group like are post-apocalyptic. Every single one that we've liked has been a post-apocalyptic game, except for Pokemon Go. Uh, Mass Effect. Um, actually, Pokemon Go isn't isn't the Pokemon world post-apocalyptic or post-war <laughs> at least? I will take it. I will take it. <laughs> no, well, no, no, no. But 
like no that that's a real question because i'm not the I pokemon nerd yeah here, I, that's just something i'm, I'm, I'm sure that's more. like a fan theory I've, I've never heard that but i'm also not a pokemon historian but, but the so. thing is is mass effect really open world because it, it seems it's like that's more kind of like you know you started here and you can't go anywhere else until well, like this it's, is it's this is where I'm talking. Like, what my my whole point was, I'm always looking for the fun. So I yeah. am not an open world purist. So no. if there are just curated experiences out there, or it's completely true open world, I don't care so much as if there is a reason to engage in that open world. Minecraft yeah. for me has zero story, but I have played at least a thousand hours of it, and I have I'm playing right now because I got an RTX graphics card and I'm playing with the pretty shaders and I've got Ooh. floor lights that are like splashing. You know, it's just it, it's stupid and fun. Oh no! But, wait, Mass Effect is post-apocalyptic because the Reavers come every what hundred years, thousand years oh, to wipe out everything. So <laughs> it's a hundred thousand year cycle. Society is built on the ruins of the old society, basically. Is it po- is it post-apocalyptic if humans didn't exist last cycle? Didn't they? I thought they did. No, no. They they were primates back then. There's codex about it. Ah, uh, see, like it's it's been so long, so <laughs> it's been so long. No, I, I I honestly never played the Mass Effect games, so I I can't comment on this one. So it, it's very very open world light. Um, most of there are there are decisions that you can make that impact how the world happens but part of there was this whole controversy in mass effect 3 which i won't really talk about because i don't want to spoil anything um, oh but the it, ending yeah the endings were very <laughs> similar and people were very unhappy about it. the ending of the, the the third one uh which ended everything uh and what happens to Shepard basically doesn't really matter and yeah yeah it people people were very unhappy uh i personally actually i i think this is actually a self-revelatory podcast because i hadn't really thought about it i didn't care that much i had a blast playing mass effect 3 so i wasn't nearly as disappointed as everyone else so like as long as there was fun in it and and maybe i need to think about this more because like obviously there are bad open world games for me um assassin's creed that is boring as hell. I do not like waiting in games and you have to tail people and escort people and you're literally waiting for the game. <laughs> Far Cry 3, the whole Ubisoft open world games, which we haven't, I'm surprised we haven't yeah, talked about Ubisoft yeah. games because at all. I've tried to we're avoid We're talking it. about good. We're only talking about good. <laughs> yeah. You Ubisoft but, games but, are boilerplate but... where they fill the world with like, in Far Cry 3, there are like guerrilla camps and it's like, there's nothing special about there's a there's freaking 300 camps and you can go in and fight the gorillas or whatever i forget what the dictator forces or whatever and and you also go to get the towers and you go to the tower to open up the map there's literally nothing special about every region that you go into except maybe one or two people and this is like square miles we're talking about you go in and lock towers to reveal the map for the rest of the thing the rest of the region and you go clear out all the camps, it's just literally checkboxes. It's like in a board meeting, people are like, okay, we need to have these things and here are the checkboxes for it. It's like, it completely blows the floor out of making it worth it to go over that hill. So yeah, that, like, I mean, it's I've, busy work. Yeah, it's absolute chore. So, so, so but wait, Ubisoft yeah. games, yes, they have that, they have that template, that format, you know, yeah. go to the, you know, you have to fight the camps, go to the tower, 
enable the tower to see more of the map so you can see more things to do. Division is has similarities to it, mm-hmm. but the stories and the audio logs and like the graffiti and like the apartments you go into, they all tell a story. And that that's why I really liked it, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yes, Ubisoft is very like Far Cry 3. I, I never finished because of how how chory it was. I, I got bored. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, God, I got I to gotta go do another camp. Oh, my God. I, you know, that had like 20 different camps you had to go take over to open up the map to find mm-hmm. the, the final boss. And I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore, you know. Um, but like Division has some of that. But I feel the story was able to carry it past that tediousness for me, at least. Mm. you know um because the logs are amazing the the 3d kind of visuals you get that, that you run mm-hmm. into are great like like you know um there was one that has a scene from um from um hot fuzz where he's where he's breaking through the wall or no or no it was, it was Shaun of the dead i'm sorry where he's trying to jump over a wall and just kind of crashes or whatever <laughs> and the you know fence falls it, down yeah it's it, it's it, it's great um I haven't played it, but I hear Phoenix Rising, which is also an Ubisoft game, mm-hmm. does open world right, is what I've heard. Mm. Has anyone played Phoenix Rising? Phoenix, Phoenix Rising? I have not. Okay. Heard about it. Yeah, because it's, it's an open world game. I hear the humor is can be off-putting if you're not into it, but the open world that they do there, I've heard people really enjoy. And it is not like Ubisoft template like all the other games so yeah so i think like clint really hit the nail on the head where it because we're we all i mean obviously apparently other than post-apocalyptic we're all kind of liking different types of open world game uh games but like there's got to be it's got to be fun whatever it is whether it is the complete and total absence of story or an spectacular story, there's got to be a reason to be involved in that world and to f- derive enjoyment from it. And <clears throat> like, I think that's the big thing. So, uh, I guess so we can wrap up here. Final thoughts, uh, Emiliano, what makes a good open world game? Um, story. I think for me is, is if it tells a good story, I will put up with a lot of crap to get that story if it's a good story mm. you know so i think for me that's that is what is key you know uh game mechanics of course you know um systems um and those elements but i think ui i feel like you know i can live with ui as long oh, yeah. as the gameplay is good <laughs> see and, and you, can, you can't tell but Just in my screen i'm staring through right, that ui i'm staring right swimming into through eyes. that ui i'm staring i'm i'm staring down clint right now yep Okay, so I guess that uh, that begs the question or raises the question, uh, Clint, what makes an open world game bad? Oh, I wanted to talk about what makes it good. <laughs> what makes an what makes an open world game bad is you, that I was leading you right in, so you could just say UI. That's where you know you're supposed oh, to go with that. Oh, but. okay. Now you can. But honestly, UI. What, if, what if the UI is bad, but everything else is good, I I might I might swim through that. UI too. I disagree with that statement, but okay. Well, I didn't swim for through Monster <laughs> Hunter World's UI, but there are many reasons for that. <laughs> but oh, so, so what makes a, what, what makes a good open world game, in your opinion? Then 
Well, I, I feel like I didn't, because I, I didn't have it crystallized, this is sort of a bad answer because I haven't talked about half of it, but it has to have a good story or it has to have good mechanics. Like it's the, the game loop is fun, uh, whether it's crafting and building things and like your the, the carrot on the stick is like a more powerful or more efficient thing that you're doing because you know, I played Raft which is is pretty open world and i guess there is some story but i didn't play it for the story and then uh or i was i've been trying to think of something a reason why i like minecraft i think it's just i can be creative in it um and there's enough mechanics to like run on the treadmill and you can make whatever you want so i guess there's fun in it so the, i guess at the core an open world game has to be fun and engaging, whether the engagement comes from your own preference or from the story or from the mechanics. That was a terrible answer, but that was mine. <laughs> no, that's fine. <clears throat> I mean, again, like we're all going to like what we like. So um, I guess I will final thoughts on what makes a game bad. Then I'll take this one. Um <clears throat> For me, the things that make an open world bad are, um, like like I talked about earlier, that kind of no man's land of, like, you know, Minecraft has no story but is, is great. Pokemon Go has basically no story but is great, whereas Fallout 76 has the setup to a really good story but fails to execute on it. Mm -hmm. um, I think that makes, and well, that probably make any game bad, um, <clears throat> but just having... Um, a world that is devoid of life. Uh, you know, Emiliano talked about like the visual storytelling, like in the vision and things like that. Um, just the little, like all that sort of stuff. But when you have an open world that is just open and that's all it is, I think you're going to kill a lot of, you know, interest in that and a lot of that fun because you're just like, well, I'm walking through the same terrain. Like you're talking about the Ubisoft games. Like I'm, walking through a carbon copy of the last map I was on, like, this is not fun anymore. So in my opinion, that's kind of what makes uh, an open world game bad. Excuse me. Um, so with that, final thoughts. Um, uh, yeah, that's our final thoughts on what makes an open world game good, what makes an open world game bad. Um, hopefully we didn't make too many people upset by ragging on one of their favorite <laughs> open world games or, or um, possibly forgetting one of their uh, favorite open world games. Um, but as always, you're welcome to let us know in the comments on the YouTubes uh, how we're wrong, what we've missed, things like that. Um, <clears throat> also, is there some open world game that you think we need to try? Is there some something, uh, like honestly, y'all were mentioning Horizon Zero Dawn? y'all make me want to pick that up like i looked it's not on sale but as soon as it's on sale i'm probably going to pick it up and play it so um people out there listening let us know what games we need to try um <clears throat> you know you can uh leave comments on our youtube we are uh it's a winning sometimes show if you're listening to the podcast it's a winning sometimes show on youtube uh we have a twitter that is at w sometimes show and you can tweet at us and let us know where we're wrong there as well uh, we are on Twitch with Winning Sometimes Show, and you can always email us. If you decide that is the best way to communicate with us, you can email show at winningsometimes or just go to winningsometimes.com. 
Thanks so much for listening, and we will see you next time when we're wrong about other stuff. <laughs> Bye. Bye. What? <laughs>